I'm Olympic and world champion diver, Laura Wilkinson, and this is the Pursuit of Gold podcast. Each week, we are unlocking the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual tools that help athletes reach their biggest goals in sports. Today's guest is such a gem. Her name is Urbi Roy, but she's become better known on social media as Auntie Skates. At the age of 43, she was inspired to take up skateboarding when her kids started. She didn't want to be that mom sitting on the sidelines watching her whole family having fun without her. So she got on a board, took a couple of lessons, and immediately fell in love. Two years ago, she began documenting her skateboarding journey on TikTok as Auntie Skates to spread joy and positivity. Within just four months, she reached 100,000 followers and was featured on NBC's Today Show, Daily Blast Live, CBC, Blog TO, Toronto Star, and so many more. By the end of the year, she received a TikTok verification with almost 150,000 followers. Urbi calls herself the unlimited hype auntie, and she has a message for anyone who's afraid that it's too late for them to try the thing they've always wanted to do. Her message? It's never too late to live your best life. You can do it. Auntie believes in you. And she also has a free clinic coming up in May in Toronto. So if you're in the area, check out It's Never Too Late to Skate with Auntie Skates Summer Kickoff. You can learn more at AuntieSkates.com. Before we jump into the episode, if you would like tips on how to stay focused in competition or tips on gaining confidence in your sport, head on over to laurawilkinson.com slash learn and grab one of my free guides. It's my gift to you. That's laurawilkinson.com slash learn. All right, go smash that subscribe button and give Pursuit of Gold podcast a five-star review if you love this show. And please tell your friends about this podcast so that we can continue to improve and grow to that next level, bringing you more resources, tools, and inspiration. All right, I believe that there's gold in your future. So let's dive on into this episode. Orby Roy, or should I say Auntie Skates, welcome to the Pursuit of Gold podcast. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear. We were talking just before I hit record about being a fellow 40-something-year-old mom who also loves sports and athletics and coming back. So I am really excited to hear about you. One of my super sweet Instagram followers told me all about you. So of course, I immediately fell in love. So I want to know, because obviously... Auntie Skates, it's in your name there. You're a skateboarder, but you weren't always. Like, were you an athlete growing up? Well, I was an athlete growing up, but I wasn't a very good athlete. <laughs> I, as a child, I was very much into athletics and I, I was picked first for the team. But then, you know, I went through puberty, my body changed, things started changing, and I didn't pursue athletics after that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So yes and no, I guess. <laughs> so, well then why skateboarding and why at 43? Okay. So I met my husband and he was a skateboarder mm-hmm. and I remember like really me, good or like what was well, the skateboarding level, I guess. <laughs> you know, I had no idea when I met my husband, we were in our twenties, late twenties. And he told me he sprained his ankle skateboarding. And I was like, what? You did what? <laughs> I, I just had no understanding of what he was saying. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I skateboard and I sprained my ankle. And I was like, are you like a, a pro skater or <laughs> what's going on here? And he's like, no, I work and then I go and I skate and that's for fun. I was really intrigued. I was like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and, you know, I would watch him go skateboard, Laura, and I would I would watch with envy, really. Mm-hmm. He was having so much fun. Is the Olympic level 
No, he's not. But he was having the best time. And I said, you know what? It's too late for me. I'm a grown woman. I'm not going to be very good at it. I'm going to fall. People will make fun of me. All the things, all the moments of self-doubt that you could possibly have when you start something new. I had them all. I was in my late 20s and by the, by maybe by then early 30s. And mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it was too late for me. So I didn't bother skating. And he it was just something he did with his friends. Mm-hmm. Then cut to 43. I'm 43. I have two kids. They started skateboarding. And I was really excited for everybody skating while I stood there <laughs> and videoed them having fun and with all the other parents Uh, videoing. And I I looked around and I said, there's just no way I'm going to be standing on the sidelines watching my family live their best lives. That's not how this life of mine is going to play out. Mm -hmm. So I got on a skateboard and you know what I did first? I said, I don't care. I don't care at this stage of my life if I'm going to be any good. So wait, 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 wait a minute. Let, Let me pause that button. So you're 43 and now you don't care. But at like 27, you cared a whole lot. Yeah. Isn't that funny? So what changed? Yeah. I think age. (laughs) Once I turned 40 and I have this conversation with a lot of women that are in their Mm forties, I don't know. You just don't care anymore. (laughs) Think, you know, I think we have enough experience in our lives and we've had such a journey, right? And now motherhood and all these things have happened and our bodies are incredible. They're just incredible things, right? Mm -hmm. The female body. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't care. I gave birth to two babies. <laughs> I can Surely I can skateboard, right? <laughs> Surely I can skateboard. Correct. So I got on a skateboard and I let go of all of, uh, you know, anything that was in my head, any preconceived notions. I just let go of them. I said, I don't care if I'm going to be any good. I don't care if I fall. I don't care if people laugh at me. I just didn't care. My my desire to be with my kids far exceeded anything else. I So I got on my board and then I fell a lot <laughs> immediately. But like I said, I didn't care. So I just kept getting back up and trying again. So did you just jump in with your kids and your husband at some point? Or did you kind of on the side try it over here like quietly? Or how did you actually jump into it? I'm, I'm very curious. Well, my daughter was taking some lessons. And so I took a few lessons as well. And I think that really helped me gain some confidence. It was mm-hmm. a safe space, you know, with other adults. I just felt inspired seeing adult women skating. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So there were other adult women in the area. Yeah, yeah, there were. And they they were ripping. And I was like, well, okay, (laughs) I guess I can do it. You know, and and it didn't matter if you fell, right? Mm -hmm. I I didn't know that then, but I know that now that falling is part of the journey, right? Mm -hmm. Then I skated a lot with my family and that's really special, right? I mean, besides my husband, who was already, you know, more advanced, I was learning with my kids, right? We were teaching each other. Mm -hmm. Every time we fell, we would get back up together, you know, and it was something that we were doing as a shared journey, which Mm -hmm. is just pretty special. That is cool. So they loved having mom doing it with them. There was no like embarrassment or weirdness. Are they young enough to where it wasn't like they weren't embarrassed? (laughs) Correct. I was lucky enough to do an interview with the Today Show last year or something. Mm -hmm. I think it was last year. And they asked that question right to the kids. You know, were you embarrassed when your kids and when your mom started skateboarding? And my daughter gave the best answer. She said, you know, honestly, I didn't really realize until recently that not all parents just join their kids when they do sports. Aww. I just assumed that that's what every parent did. So she said, I didn't know any different. That's cool. And yeah. And she's like, and now maybe I, maybe I'm paraphrasing here, but she said, now that I realize how, how awesome my mom is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what she said. <laughs> the exact words. 
<laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. So they were never embarrassed of me. And isn't that special? Like they didn't know any different. You're forming really cool. this world for them. Right. And you have you have the power. It is cool because it's funny what our preconceived notions that we put on our kids are. Right. When I was getting back into diving, I was telling you I took like a nine year retirement and was like, ah, maybe I'll do this again. And so I got back in and my kids were a lot younger, you know, than they are now when I first started. But at one point they came to a meet and, you know, it was just kind of a, it was like in San Antonio, it was a couple hours away, but it wasn't like some big, you know, frou-frou meet where they couldn't come down on the pool deck. So at the end of the meet, they walked down to like, give me a hug. They, they, they had no idea what I did, if it was good or bad. And they gave me a big hug and I didn't realize they were calling people for the award stand. So I gave them quick hugs and I ran over to the award stand because I heard them call my name. And what I didn't know is they were all running behind me and they just, they just took off after me and I jumped up on the podium. I was like third place. And all of a sudden I had four little people just standing oh. with me, standing so proud, just up there on the award stand with me. And it was the coolest. And I, and I did horrible. It was like the worst meet ever. And I was so embarrassed, but you know, I'm trying to put on a good face for my kids because I can't, I have to be the example for them, right? I can't just tell them how to be. I'm like living the example. So I'm up there feeling pretty bad about myself. And then I turn around and they're all standing there with me, beaming with pride. And I was like, I do not have the right headspace. Like, this is what it's all about. But they didn't know any better. Just like that. And I love that we're just making these new, we're paving new roads for them, right? New opportunities. Isn't that so special? Isn't that so special? It's so cool. You know, I got, I got an email once from somebody who said, I think what you're doing is so special to be out there as a person of color skateboarding with your young daughter. It's, it really means something to me. This was an older woman. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that to my daughter and she didn't understand what I was saying. She was like, what do you mean? We just go skate together. Like, what Mm -hmm. is it? She didn't understand the barriers and everything that come with it for Mm -hmm. her. It's just very normal. And that that's a moment of pride for me that, you know, I'm normalizing that kind of right. You're like changing culture. I love that. (laughs) Well, and speaking of culture, so like when you first started auntie skates on TikTok. You started with this persona of Auntie Skates instead of just being Orby. So tell us a little bit about the origin of that and how that character developed. And I have to say, like, it's kind of an awesome character. Like, she's great. <laughs> but I think you may have kind of phased it out a little bit. I'm not sure. But you'll, I'm sure you'll tell us all about it. But I, I got to hear the origin story of Auntie Skates. Yes. So in my culture, Auntie is this persona. And oftentimes what happens with Auntie is that She's the judgmental person, the toxic person, the person who says, why aren't you married yet? Why Mm -hmm. don't you have, you know, children yet? Why is your hair gray? Various judgmental phrases, right? And Mm -hmm. I started noticing on Instagram that um, there were a lot of young women who were still triggered by this toxic auntie culture. Mm -hmm. And I was immediately like, oh my God, aunties. And I got scared of the whole auntie thing until I realized that I I was like, well, I'm old. Did you have scary, did you have scary aunties? I did. I mean, I think it just goes without saying, right? There are always (laughs) these women that are judging you, right? Mm -hmm. For your choices. And I said, well, I'm going to flip that script and I'm going to be the auntie that builds you up and doesn't tear you down. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a safe space for young South Asian women to come and know that anything is possible. You know, I give you permission to go and do whatever you want. And, you know, at some point, Laura, I realized that the whole auntie thing and the whole toxic part that comes with it, it's generational trauma. You know, it's Mm -hmm. aunties who were once young and full of hope and they got kind of beaten down by cultural values and norms. 
And maybe they're a little bit bitter when they see younger people trying to live their dreams because they weren't allowed to live their dreams. Mm -hmm. Like repeating the cycle, right? Repeating the cycle, right, correct. So I have compassion for that auntie generation now, but I don't want to repeat that, right? So I want to be this happy, positive place that you can come to. And the character itself, so the, the, you know, the voice and the accent is something that's just my family's accent. And Mm -hmm. I think it was during COVID and, you know, we were all a little bored. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I was yelling at my kids with an auntie accent, just some different way for them to try and let, you know, because they'd stop listening to me. Um, So it kind of all came together. And and then in February of 2021, which is when I started my TikTok account, I had already been skating for several years and I had an Instagram account just posting about my family skateboarding. But in February of 2021, specifically, we were in another lockdown. This was in Canada. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's no sunlight. It's freezing yeah. cold at that time of year, right? Everyone was depressed, right? Yeah. And so I just wanted to, po- it uh, kind of all came together in a mishmash. And I just wanted to post something fun and spread a little bit of joy and positivity out there because I felt that just to my friends and family in, skate com- in my local skate community, right? Because I just felt mm-hmm. that we all needed some laughs. And it no idea. <laughs> took off. Yeah. So how quickly did it grow? Because you have like 170,000 followers on TikTok now. Oof. I know. Yeah. Is that cr- that That's is crazy. Wild. So it, it turns out that it wasn't just my local community that needed some joy and positivity in <laughs> yeah. their lives. You know, everybody was pretty messed up at that around that time mm-hmm. with lockdowns and stuff. So I went viral pretty quickly. There was a video I did where I was skating with my daughter and I was trying to help her with a move. Mm-hmm. And um, that video, I think I got 80,000 followers from that video. Wow. Yeah. And that was wow. just a few months after I launched my account. Uh, Man. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. But it's so cool. I mean, you really did. You hit a spot, a sensitive spot and something a lot of people needed to hear. They needed that encouragement. They were craving it. And you were yes. able to like fill that void. I think that's such a cool thing because we talk about the lockdowns and COVID and all. I mean, that has just obviously caused lots of mental health issues. And we're living in a different world these days. So I think the encouragement that you're bringing to the table is awesome and kind of reminding people like, you don't also have to bring in the cycle of negativity. You know what I mean? And and I think we need to continue to show people that just because people are negative toward us, it doesn't mean that their opinions or their doubts around us are true. It doesn't mean they're facts. It means they have a fear, probably based on something in their own life that has nothing to do with us. But it's hard when people just tell you that like it's a fact to not take it as a fact. You know, So I love that your whole vibe is just building people up. I think it's such a beautiful thing. Thank you. Laura, so I have a story for you. So when I first started skateboarding, I was uh, I went to a local skate park with my kids and my husband and I started padding up and there was nobody there, just a mom sitting there watching her kids scooter. I started padding up. I've got a lot of pads to put on, right? Helmet, everything. My kids are padding up. It's just a normal Saturday morning. This woman starts laughing at me. She's pointing and laughing at me. She gets out her phone and she says to her son, she's like, oh, my God, this is going to be so funny. I can't wait to see this. So wow. I, I don't know. I, yeah, like, I got where you can hear her, too. I, mean, I, you think I definitely would be subtle. <laughs> like, yeah, oh be a little goodness. subtle. Right. I mean, I, I could. Yeah, sure. I can imagine myself being on YouTube or, or making a fool of myself. But uh-huh. Be subtle. Exactly. Anyway, so I was like, whatever, lady. I ignored it and skated with my kids and had a great time. I fell a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. I got back up every time. I laughed with my kids. I helped them. They helped me. Three hours later, she was still sitting there and I unpadded. I had such a great time. We were all laughing. And then this woman comes up to me and she's like, I just wanted to apologize. And I was like, okay. Wow. And she said, "Um, I 
was ready when you came here and started putting your pads on i was ready to laugh at you and i was laughing at you because i, I thought to myself <laughs> look at this mom she's gonna make a fool of herself what an idiot this is gonna be funny and she said and then as time passed i realized i'm the idiot because i'm sitting here laughing at a mom that's going out there and spending time with her kids while i'm sitting on my butt Oh, wow. So she's like, I would like to apologize. So it was almost like a gift to receive that incident so early in my journey, mm -hmm. because that is exactly what you were saying. It's not my problem. It's everyone else's problem, right? right? I'm just doing what I love being with my family. And if you have a problem with it, then that's your issue. Not mine. Yeah. So did you ever see her again? Was she, did she ever come padded up one time to skate? <laughs> that would have been I awesome. wish, I wish. No, but throughout the beginning of my journey, I, I would often run into dads and moms at the park and a lot of dads who used to skate. And after seeing me skate, they'd say like, that's it. I'm going to go skate now. If you can do it, I can do it. So I never saw her again though. <laughs> wow. I'm really glad you kind of had that resolution. That's such a cool Wow. I mean, you didn't have to say anything. You didn't go up. You didn't like, I love it. You didn't even have to intervene. She came to the conclusion on her own just from you being that example for her. I think that's so cool. Yes. And I'd like to thank her if she listens to this, you know, thank you for doing that because it was special. It was a special moment and it took her guts, right? That oh, yeah. Guts. Oh, yeah. She didn't. I mean, she could have still come to the same conclusion and not said anything to you at all. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's I think that's beautiful. It's a lesson for everyone, for sure. <laughs> Okay. Now I have to ask. So we have the persona of Auntie Skates. Do you still do the Auntie voice sometimes? I do sometimes, but I think I phased it out because I don't know. I felt like people maybe were laughing at the character, not mm. so much with the character. Gotcha. And the purpose of the character was I really wanted people to say, look, if Auntie can do this, then anyone can do it. You know, I wanted there to be no barriers, right? Mm -hmm. um, that whatever struggles aunties face, that they can get through it and you can get through it. But I don't know. I was like, maybe too many people are laughing at it. So I just kind of slowly phased it out. And, gotcha. you know. <laughs> yeah, but it was cute. I love it. I love it. But I love you too, just the way you are. Um, oh, thank you. Lila. Yeah. Well, I want to ask about skateboarding and your sorry too. So what made you want to extend it to that level? And what does it feel like to actually <laughs> skate in that? I mean, it looks, it's cool. I mean, you have the most beautiful pictures. You sent me these pictures and like, they're gorgeous, you know, but like, I can't imagine actually, like, I'm trying to think, I keep seeing these videos of these women, like running up hills and high heels and doing these things. And like, there was a big joke where I was going to do that on the platform at one point. Cause I wasn't keeping my heels up properly. So she's like, my coach was like, you should put some high heels on and go do the same dive, you know? And but I was like, I can't imagine actually doing that. And here you are in this getup skateboarding, <laughs> full on skateboarding. Like, tell me about that. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, so the other part of the auntie skates thing is that everything else except the voice was authentic. You know, it was really me. Mm -hmm. um, and being Indian, it's an important part of who I am. So I did years and years and years of Bengali folk dancing and I wore a sari dancing. So oh. it turns out that I have a skill of moving around in a sari. There, there you go. I have a skill <laughs> of skateboarding. So I was like, okay, why not put these things together? <laughs> Honestly, it was quite organic. You know, it was another lockdown, I think. And it was a holiday. It was Bengali New Year. I wasn't seeing my family. We didn't really celebrate it that, you know, in a huge way, but I missed my family. Right. I missed, you know, those things. And I dragged my kids to the skate park and I was like, this is going to be fun. I made, I mean, my daughter videoed it. It took 30 seconds. I started skating in there. <laughs> but I tell you, I 
felt like I was flying. Mm. It was such an empowering feeling to wrap this piece of fabric around me. That's a huge part of my culture. And just be in a, in a skate bowl doing something I love. You know, the wind was blowing and the sari was blowing mm-hmm. behind me. It was such a liberating feeling. Wow. I, you know, it was a beautiful feeling. And then, yeah, it went viral and it took off and, and um, that's very awesome. And then I got photography taken by a dear friend of mine, Chantel, and the photos are beautiful. And, and I love that that's part of who I am. And I do skate in a sari because you know, because I can. <laughs> right, exactly. What better reason? <laughs> exactly. Why not? <laughs> that is so awesome. Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, okay, so you are flying and I love it. And this this seemed to progress pretty quick from just you learning how to skate and inspiring people to like coaching people, teaching, running events. Like how has this kind of organically morphed like it's been such a beautiful process like watching this whole thing unfold so tell us a little bit about where it's gone right well you know i will say when i first started skating i became hooked right away there aren't that many things in our lives as adults that give us a moment to just forget Mm. what's going on you know like Mm -hmm. i don't like adulting i'm not a huge fan of it but i have to do it (laughs) is anyone really (laughs) oh my god every day i'm like okay i gotta do this stuff again so responsible (laughs) oh god right but skateboarding for me is time away from all that and it's a mental health break that we all need it's a moment to play you know i tell my kids all the time get off your ipads go outside and play and then i start scrolling on tiktok right i'm like a huge hypocrite you know (laughs) yep right and then i I'm like, I go stand outside with them. I'm going to scroll on my TikTok outside too. No, I'm going to skate, right? And it's an opportunity for me to feel liberated for a moment and to feel free. And, you know, I feel like there's a sense of belonging there. The skate community has been very welcoming to me. Mm. I have a lot of great friends there. And I want to share that feeling with other adults. You know, I really find it's so empowering in so many ways you know, there are things that you wanted to do as a child or you you thought it was too late for, or maybe, you know, you'll never get a chance. And I want to provide that opportunity for people because it's such a joyful experience. So I started just teaching a little bit. I'm definitely not, I'm not pro, right? I'm never going to be pro. We'll never say never, but um, you just, (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah. What I am good at is I'm good at teaching adults how to skateboard because I learned as an adult, Mm, right? So I know all the little things that your mind and your body goes through uh, learning these tricks. Mm -hmm. And so I want to share those with people because it's such a lovely feeling to be a part of someone's journey when they come in and they're nervous and unsure of themselves Mm -hmm. and they're full of doubt. And then watching the surprise on their faces when they land the tricks. Yeah. And then when they get the high from skating and the endorphins start coming in, I'm like, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Like that's addicting too. Like totally the whole process. So, and I think that for me, you know, I have a backyard ramp because that was my midlife crisis. I was like, I'm going to build a ramp in my backyard because I can. I love it. <laughs> and so I start. I wish I could great. build a platform in my. Well, yeah, you, should, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. <laughs> might, might be against our neighborhood codes. I'm not sure, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might have a problem. It's a little fair high, enough. yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so I so I um, started teaching lessons to adults in my backyard. So it's a private, safe space, and I think I'm going to continue doing that in the new year. And I'm also going to step it up and do retreats, like skate retreats. I think I'd love to meet some of my followers and skate with them and. 
just share in the journey of this wonderful thing, right? This mm-hmm. wonderful opportunity that people give themselves to take a chance on themselves, to step outside of their comfort zone, and then to feel that um, that feeling of success. I don't think there's many things like that in adulthood that make you feel like that, right? Right. Um, unless you're in these kinds of athletic programs, right? Well, I think there's something like when we grow up, we we lose that sense of play, play. and that sense mm-hmm. of joy, and we become kind of consumed with the adulting part, right? The responsibilities yeah. and the things we have to do and taking care of other little humans and things like that, (laughs) it would just great, you know, but we, it's like we forget or lose the art of playing and there's something freeing. And I felt like this when I I came back to diving, you know, after being a mom, there's, there's something freeing because that was my me time as well. And it was like, I'm not bound by the internet. Like I'm not bound by, you know, any other activities for this, like one hour or this one moment of time, you just get to be free and you get to challenge yourself and play again and push your yourself and, and battle fear and do these things. And there's something so good for your soul with that, that we seem to lose as adults. So I think what you're doing is really important. It's so special, right? When you remember to play because mm-hmm. agreed adults forget to play. That's the thing is when people, are, when, I, when I help other adults realize that the look on their faces, I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you need, I, you I see it in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, um, for me also, skateboarding has also changed my way of thinking. In oh, in what way? Yeah. Yeah. So in a life-changing way, actually. Uh, really? So, so just as an example, so my background is computer science. So I went to Rutgers University. I'm originally from New Jersey mm-hmm. and I studied computer science and then I did the dot-com and I did Wall Street and I was miserable. Wow. Yeah, and I, you know- Successful I, I, but miserable, huh? So, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I didn't look at it as, as success, right? Mm-hmm. I had money, I had power, but it wasn't for me uh, fulfilling- Uh, Then I ran a business and uh, the business did well, but I still felt like I didn't succeed. So I continued to do these things throughout my life and I felt like I failed. I didn't look at the successes. Mm -hmm. I looked at the failures and I let those things define me. And I remember my dad would always tell me like, when are you going to let that stuff go and look at the things that you've done that have been so successful, right? Mm. And then the other thing he would always tell me is like, don't let that define your happiness, right? I would just get so low over the most minor things. Mm -hmm. When I started skateboarding, I started to realize that falling is just part of the journey. It's not failure, you know? And so I mentioned it several times in this podcast about every time I fell, I got back up. That's what my kids see. They don't understand failure as the end, right? Mm-hmm. They they just get up. So when you when you skate or when you do any sport, when you fall or you fail, really you're just like, okay, this is what I did right, this is what I did wrong, and then each time you do it, you get closer, right? Mm-hmm. And then with skateboarding, you've got an audience or you've got your friends around you and they see you getting closer to getting the trick and you know, the energy levels go up. It's an adrenaline rush and when you finally land the trick, it's a huge success. But it is ultimately part of a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I understood and started learning through skateboarding, that all of these successes and failures are just part of my journey. It's not the end, you know, having one failure or some one thing not work out in my life professionally 
doesn't mean I failed at that thing. Mm -hmm. It's just part of the journey. You know, there's more opportunities to come. So I stopped taking things so seriously, I guess. And I stopped stressing out about my professional successes. So, so for my mental health on so many levels, and then professionally, it also, it really helped me a lot. And imagine being in your forties and being able to change your mindset like that. So Mm -hmm. I think I went from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Yeah, that's a big change. It's a big change, and it, but it came naturally through skateboarding, right? You know, I wasn't thinking about it. Sure, people give up. They fall, and they're like, this sucks. I'm out of here. But for me, I was like, this, I fell. This sucks. I need to land this. <laughs> right, and the desire to overcome that's even greater, right? I think sports are so good for us to use as like metaphors for our life because like we learn these valuable lessons in play or in sport when we can transfer those into our everyday life outside of the sport, like that's when I think we really start to flourish. And that's what I'm hearing from you. I love that. I love that. Yes. Really start to flourish. I really feel like I'm flourishing. I'm so grateful that skateboarding has brought that into my life and that I've recognized it, right? Yeah. Well, that's another side of it too, that you're actually (laughs) recognizing it. Yeah. It's so much we can go like, you know, skate through life and like not even realize what's happening to us. So yeah, that's a big self-aware moment. I love it. (laughs) Right. Right. And also understanding my, understanding my boundaries too, right? Mm -hmm. I am at a different age. It does take me longer to physically recover from things you know, I see my kids, my son is like rubber, he skateboards, and he bounces <laughs> and he gets back up and he does it again. Right. So, so understanding my limitations and not letting them define me mm-hmm. or limit me. Right. Right. Um, I think beforehand I used to, like, let's say I try something new in my professional life and I wouldn't achieve a certain amount of success right away. Or I'd, you know, I'd hit a brick wall or I wouldn't be able to do something. I would get so discouraged, Laura, and I would give up. Mm. Right. And I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. But now with skateboarding, I'm like, well, I know my limits. I'm going to push a lot of them for sure. But if I can't achieve something now, that doesn't mean I won't be able to achieve it two years down the road. Mm-hmm. And if I never achieve it, that's OK, too. I can set different goals for myself. Right. right. And all of those things don't make me a failure or don't make this journey, this roller coaster so dramatic. Right. It's just life. Right. right? So. No, I love that. I mean, and I have won every world title that you can win. But, you know, that like minute and a half you get to stand on the top of the podium. It's great. But that's not that's not what you take away with you. You know, it's the whole process of getting there, you know, and people think, well, you know, once I make it this far, I'll be this champion or I'll know how to work out like a champion or train like a champion. It's like, no, you got to You got to put that in beforehand to ever even have the opportunity to try to become a champion. So it's it's that journey like you're talking about the process that makes you who you are. And when you develop those skills and you become that person, it honestly doesn't matter if you stand on top of the podium or not. Like it's icing on the cake. It's great when it happens, but it doesn't always. And that doesn't mean that journey was worthless or a failure because you came so far and grew so much in the process, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And I I remember you standing on that podium at the Olympics and you were very poised. And I think you had an injury or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. It's in, it's in my brain and you, but your journey too, it was so much about a part about your journey too, right? Mm -hmm. That was so inspiring. And yes, the podium I'm sure was Yeah. But it's like, you know, as soon as you're up there and you realize what's happening, it's over. You know what I mean? It's exactly. like, oh, that was great. I hope I wasn't waiting for this for 10 years. You know, right. I mean? that was like so fast. 
But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like going to New York City and being like, discover me. You know, it just doesn't, the world doesn't work that way, right? Right, you, right. You, but for you in that moment, you knew all the work. Your coach probably knew, your family knew all the work you put into right. it to that point, right? And exactly. it's such a special moment. I have to say, I won a contest, which I was really excited yeah. about. So um, you're competing you know, you, too? I am competing nice. um, because why not? <laughs> I love it. I like, is it like is it like a master's type division or is it just open for everybody or how does that work? Both. I've done both. I've done a master's division, uh, which I won. And then I've done a open division, which I did not win. But I was the only person that entered the women's division with my daughter. So it was oh, and daughter. that is so cool. She was so good. I was so impressed. <laughs> her sense of style when she skates is amazing. So I do it for different achievements. Yeah, sure. I'd like to win. I, I am competitive. Those things are in me. But I, I also feel like... Um, I wouldn't even say why not, but things that maybe held me back when I was younger, those things aren't there. I just don't care if I win or not. I mean, I kind of do, but just being there, being a part of it, having done it, having the experience, being in a position where I can do that, that's a gift, right? I don't want to I don't want to miss out on that opportunity. Right. Right. So I do it. And, you know, if there's other opportunities for me to enter a contest, I will say, Laura, if I feel like I'm going to make a fool of myself, I won't do it. But <laughs> if I set a goal for myself and I say, okay, this is the goal I'm going to personally make and I would like to reach that, it's not about winning, right? It's mm -hmm. about if I hit the coping or if I did the drop-in right. or something that I've set a personal goal for myself, mm -hmm. right? It feels good um, to hit goals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's maybe a part of play that our kids get, right? When they go for sports, right? They, mm -hmm. they do have goals there and... And it's okay to have goals in your sport, right? It's not oh, yeah. just about having fun, right? No, yeah, I, um, for sure. I said, a, I said, oh my gosh. So I learned how to do a solve a Rubik's Cube with my son. He really? To, yes, he taught me how to do this. And so now we've entered a contest in January. For wow. This. So it's 180 people have entered this contest. And I think they take the top 60 into the finals and... I think the top in the world, they do it under five seconds. Holy cow. Yeah. So I'm at like a minute 30. So. Dude, I look at a Rubik's Cube and I'm like, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Oh yeah, for sure. But I bet you should, it's something you could bond with your kids on because there's YouTube out, there's YouTube out there right now. So you can YouTube the algorithms. You can YouTube but, anything these days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the whole point is like, I have a goal for myself. I'm not trying to win. I'm just going to go out there, support my son, have fun with him. Mm -hmm. And my goal is that I'm going to try and get under a minute. That's cool. I love it. I think that's awesome. No, I think goals are great. And I think goals that are currently out of your reach, not something you can currently do is very, very helpful because that means you have to grow and get better in order to reach it. But also realizing, like you were saying earlier, if you don't meet those goals, it doesn't mean the goals are bad. It may just mean you need more time or you need a different path to get there or you need to push it out. Like it doesn't mean it needs to just drastically change. It doesn't mean the goal was bad. So I think goals are great and they force you to grow and improve, whether it's a Rubik's Cube or skating <laughs> or in your job or whatever it is. I'm a huge goal oriented person for sure. Yes. Yes. Like my goal today is to fold all the laundry. <laughs> I have that goal too, and I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> it's ambitious. It's ambitious. It well, might not happen. <laughs> uh, well, 
I mean, again, you might have to change the timeline on this goal, but (laughs) give yourself a little grace. (laughs) As long as the kids have something to wear tomorrow, you'll be okay. (laughs) Listen, they're doing their own laundry now. That's the play. That's the long con. Even better. Even better. (laughs) Mine are barely starting to hit that one. That's a big goal for me is to teach them how to take over that chore. (laughs) Yes, it is good. I wish you luck. (laughs) Thanks. Like I said, we're just starting to dabble in that one. Good times. I'm sweating a little bit thinking about that. Oh, okay. Man. Well, I, but I, I do love, I, sorry, I do love, um, you know, being a mother and being in a sport with my children. And this is multitasking at its finest, Laura, which mm-hmm. is that every time they see me fall, they, they see me get back up. Mm-hmm. Every time there's somebody new that comes to the skate park and I am kind to that person and I make that person feel welcome. I see my kids do that now too, right? Mm-hmm. I do a lot of parenting at the skate park, which yeah. is great. It's great multitasking, but it's also wonderful to see them growing up within the skate community and see how they are and see how they treat other people. And and also to see that they don't understand that falling means giving up. Falling means you get back up and try again. Watching them overcome their fears and having the skills and tools to know how to overcome their fears at this age Mm -hmm. is amazing. Does it help them get the laundry done? No. (laughs) (laughs) But it will help them in life. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) When there's something, because I I did get to, like when my I had come back, um, my oldest daughter did dive for a couple years. So it was really fun that we got to do some synchro together, just some little baby things off of like the one meter. And we jumped together off the three meter and like things like that, that she didn't dive for but two years. She quit when she was seven to move on to other sports. But like that little time that I had with her was so special to me because it was the sport that I love. But like we were looking back at pictures of it yesterday and she was so excited that we did something together. And she's like, mine was better than yours, you know, but it was, <laughs> it was this special, this special thing. And now she's in the volleyball, which I know nothing about, but like I can play with her in the front yard and we can practice, you know, and she teaches me what she's learning and we make sure she's doing that. And, you know, and it's not even just about sports. Like, cause some people have like injuries or physical things where they can't do what their kids are doing. You know, maybe they can't get on a skateboard, but like, Mm -hmm. I know nothing about robotics, but I have Mm -hmm. helped my son build multiple different kinds of robots because that's his thing. He loves robotics. And I have like figured it out. And I'm like, buddy, I am not good at this, but I can read directions. I can follow instructions. We can look up videos on YouTube. We can, we can figure out how to do this. And we did, we like learned how to make these different robots. And then of course, from there he took off and he has, you know, been doing everything (laughs) on his own at that point. But like just finding a connection point with your kids, whether it's Rubik's cubes, like what you're doing with your son, finding that connection point with your kids, I think is really invaluable because it's just a special connection. And they realize that you care about what they're doing and what they care about. And there's something very powerful about that. When a lot of parents are just like, eh, just drop off. I'll see you later. Come pick you up. And I mean, I'm glad you're allowing them to do that, but being invested in some way, like with your time and just you, like mm-hmm. that's really what the kids want is they want that you. That is. Yeah, that is. And I th- I agree that it is so special. And I feel that they are so well adjusted and confident. And it doesn't take that much effort, right? I like it. I actually, I really like my kids. They're fun kids, <laughs> right? I want to hang out with them as long as they'll let me. I don't know, you know, my right. daughter's almost a teenager. So right. we'll see. But it is such a special thing, right? One of the articles that I was looking up as I, you know, properly stalked you before this podcast episode, <laughs> I think it might have been your daughter talking about skating with you. And like, you know, you kind of said like she didn't know any better, but you also said something about how you have seen them learn how to empathize with others and they've seen you help people at the skate park. So now they're helping people that they see fall or that need help doing a trick or something like, has that been, I mean, that, that's that got to be pretty cool to see the example you're setting out for them actually play out in front of your eyes. 
I am so proud. Those are the moments where I get kind of teary eyed. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I like patting myself on the back. I'm like, yeah, mom, you did good. But they're very special moments to see that, to see them grow into lovely human beings. In this, you know, in the fishbowl of a skate park, it's really nice to see as they get older, also the kind of choices that they're going to make at a skate park and how they're going to treat people and how, and you know, another thing I'll say for my daughter, her confidence levels, my son was born confident. (laughs) You know, I think with my daughter, she grew into her confidence Mm -hmm. and to see all of those things play out in front of me is such a special thing. Whatever part I've played in it is great, but to see it Mm -hmm. is so, I mean, you're, you understand, right? It's such a rewarding moment. Oh yeah. I feel like we should kind of get a glass of wine and any excuse for a glass of wine, but in <laughs> cheers, you know, to, I, I know like we're, we're Gen Xers, right? We're latchkey kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we, our parents are great, but it was a different generation then. And I'm so, I'm grateful to have these moments to connect with my kids yeah. and that they want to be with me and, and we hang out together. You know, it's, Yep. That, I mean, that's, what, that's what you take with you. That's on the journey. Like what I was just talking to somebody the other day about like, well, when you're on your deathbed, you don't ask for your degrees or all the money that you made or all the trophies that you won. Like you want the people that love you and that you love to be with you. Like that's really what it boils down to. And you're getting to invest your time and your energy into your family. And I just think that's really cool that you've learned how to do that through a sport and with a sport that's also developing you in the process. I think that I just, I just love this whole I love the whole very thing. Very efficient. It's very efficient. <laughs> it's very efficient too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, we don't force them to skateboard though. So we don't know how long they're going to continue yeah. to skateboard. So, you know, it might be something that's fleeting. I know my daughter has been in and, in and out of skateboarding. So I cherish the moments because I don't know how long they're going to last. Will you keep doing it if they're done? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I make plans to go with my friends during the day when they're at school. I feel no guilt about it. Um, this is something for me. Uh, I think skateboarding is really fun with my kids but it's also really fun on my own and I'm going to continue as long as I can. And I think that there's people out there that are skating into their sixties. And I tell people that when they start skating in their thirties or or late twenties, I'm like, imagine how good you're going to be when you're my age. (laughs) Right. Um, I like like it. Yeah. You know, just wear, wear hip pads. (laughs) 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 It's true. (laughs) Build up that bone density right now. Uh, yes, exactly. Well, well, I have to tell you, I don't know if she wants me mentioning her name on here, so I won't because she never got back to me. But one of my um, Instagram followers that connected me to you, she has taken some skating lessons with you, and which she has absolutely loved um, and just bragged on you to no end. But she brought up a great topic that she said, because she, she said it was really fun, but it was really hard and it was also terrifying. And mm-hmm. she wants you to talk about conquering your fear and learning new tricks because she said you are so such a good encouragement in that. I love the person you're talking about. And I'm so grateful that she connected us. And I'm just so grateful for her because she's just such a wonderful person. (laughs) I think that (laughs) Processing, <laughs> processing my fear. It's I don't know if I conquer it. I think I still continue to do things scared. I just mm-hmm. learned how to process it. I know that sounds strange, but I'm going to use this as my example. There's a bowl here. It's called Ashbridges, and it has a seven foot and an 11 foot drop in. Mm-hmm. So I tried the seven foot drop in and uh, I fell <laughs> on my rib cage. Ooh. Seven feet. Yep. Uh, I've got good bone density, so, yeah, um, but I was out for a while, you know, and it, physically it took me eight weeks to recover oh, and wow. mentally it took me two years to recover. 
Really? Yeah. So I knew that I was going to do that drop in again, but I had to build myself up to it. So it was a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear. So there's a few things I did to, to conquer or rather process this fear. There's the practical side of it, which is I worked my way back up to it. Mm-hmm. So I started with lower drop-ins and then I worked myself up. So I started with a two foot drop-in and a three foot and four foot and five foot and six foot. And I really mastered those first, right? Mm-hmm. Until I wasn't thinking about it anymore. Then another thing is that I went back to that bowl itself and I started skating that bowl really well without having to drop in. Mm-hmm. So I became very comfortable there. I started making other goals for myself in that bowl so that it didn't just become about that failed drop in. That's smart. Right. So that was another thing that I did. And then when it came down, I wore hip pads. Um, Mm -hmm. That was very important. I I don't think I wore rib pads, but I had bought them, but I didn't wear them. And then I surrounded myself with people who encouraged me. And I stood there and I looked out at the people, just family and friends. And I looked out at them and I could see in their eyes that they knew I could do it. Mm -hmm. So whatever doubt I had, it was not matched by anyone else. Everybody was completely convinced that I could do it, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's that. And then finally, okay, so now, but when you're up, when you get up to that, you know, cliff, (laughs) (laughs) the precipice, (laughs) and you put your board down and there's that moment, right? There's that moment and I look at it like you have to flip a switch in your brain Mm -hmm. and you're either going to do it or you're not. And you have to flip the switch. So I think I said that, okay, I'm just going to flip the switch. Mm -hmm. And that's the moment where your body then responds and you drop in and you do the drop in. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and I know what that feeling is because there, there was a lot of fear in me doing this drop in. And I think for me, I was like, (laughs) the the last part of it was if I do it, then I'll be done. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's just practical. Like, I'll be done and I won't be standing up here. It will be over with. (laughs) It will be over, right? Yeah. And so I had enough faith in myself and all the work I had done to get myself back there. Mm -hmm. And then watching everybody else believe in me so much. So all of those things combined. And then finally, oh, I meditated. I Mm -hmm. also meditated. Oh, great. So I just turned to the side and I did some like ohms and relaxed my body because I think you need that physical relaxation too. Mm -hmm. And then I did the drop in. And so that's how I conquered that fear. So now every time I go and I do that drop in, it's not something that comes natural to me. It's something that I, I learned how to drop into a seven foot bowl at the age of 46. You know, it's so cool. You know, it's not something I see my son do it and he does it naturally. Right. So what happens now is like all of that stuff I just said, I go through it, but I go through it in under 15 seconds, right? So I still go through all those same things, right? but I just process it really quickly. Right. I like how you laid out each step in that. I think that's so good because it is a process. Like you don't just like, okay, I'm going to face this and I'm going to do it. Like if it was that easy, your fear is probably not that big. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Correct. Big fears take a little bit of work to, you know, come up to, to face, to conquer, to move past. Um, So I think that's really important for people to recognize that, like to be patient with yourself and to give yourself ample opportunity to work back up to it, to like, like you didn't just go back up immediately and try it again. Like you worked your way back up to it and made sure you were confident in your mind. You were probably physically ready way before that, but mentally you had to be ready. And I think that's really important checkpoint for a lot of people. Like in my sport, fear is really big and there's a lot of mental blocks on things. So I think it's really good to hear someone 
you know, handling that really well. That's awesome. Yeah. There was one other aspect of it, which is, um, so now when I, I did the drop in all summer and then wintertime, I didn't skate at all at that bowl. And I came back to it in the new year and, um, I had told myself I was never going to not do it again. I would always do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I got up there again, I remembered, I, I, I was scared again. And I, that's when the muscle memory kicked in mm-hmm. and I, I put my foot up and I said, Oh, Oh, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's also just having faith in yourself too. Yep. Right. And yes, you're right. It took me two years to get back to doing the drop-in, but I was physically ready probably and training wise too, probably a year earlier. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah. the mind is powerful, both, both yes. good and bad. Right. So yes. learning how to work with it and not against it. Yes. Really correct. 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 <laughs> and to this person's credit, um, watching her face her fears, uh, she did face a lot of fears, you know, and that's special mm-hmm. um, to watch somebody process their fears and know what they're going through and then to conquer those fears. So, well, there's something know. big about that. And I love that you're giving credit to that, to her and just mm-hmm. to that process in general, because, you know, when you do something like an amazing trick that you nail, you don't fall like you nail it or something like everybody sees it and everybody's like, oh, that was amazing. But mm-hmm. people don't see the inner turmoil we go through when you're battling these huge fears. And so when you overcome something like that, it feels like you just won the Olympics, you know, and it yes. feels huge. Yes. But everybody else around yes. you is like, OK, what's the big deal? Like, yeah, it didn't yeah. look that impressive. It didn't seem that big of a deal. But inside, you know, it was this huge moment. You know what I mean? So it's like somebody celebrate with me. Somebody, this yes, awesome. exactly, exactly. But I do think I will say for the skateboarding community, because people are always falling and failing, I guess mm-hmm. we we see each other's journey. And that's one thing I find really special about the skating community is that we can all be there skating at different levels. And somebody could be working on a trick much more difficult than me, but they'll see me try over and over and over again. And they'll get stoked when I land it because they're seeing the journey. Maybe we don't see it on social media as much Mm -hmm. because we post the wins all the time. Right. right? But the journey of getting to that trick and then being able to celebrate with all the other skaters around you. And I, and I want to make that clear to people who might be afraid to go to the skate park. I think that happens a lot with adults is Mm -hmm. that you're, I noticed this myself is that when I was skating with my son once, when I first started skating and I went to the skate park and there were just like 20 year old men there, right? They loved it. They <laughs> loved watching a mom skate with her son. And I was falling and I was laughing. And you know, they were the biggest cheerleaders for me, right? Because they, so cool. they do see the the fear. Maybe not everybody sees it, but I think within your own community, they do see it. Yeah. Right? I love that. I want to be part of the skating community. I might have to figure this out here. So <laughs> yes, well, I mean, I will yeah. be doing some skate retreats. Well, so there you go. We might have join. to connect there. That could be a blast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to hit one other thing before we start wrapping up, because I know yes. at one point, and, and I love that your kids are like so proud of you and, and love you doing this, but your daughter was bragging about you skating in a sari and the mm-hmm. trolls came out. And now how do you talk to your daughter about online negativity, especially when you're this force for good and positivity and people are attacking that, like, how do you help her handle that? Because social media is, it can be great and it can be a virus. Like it can be awful. So how, how do you help your kids navigate that? Well, can't I just shelter them forever? I know, right? Put them (laughs) in a plastic bubble. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, you know, since I can't do that in lieu of that, I think a lot of it is about confidence, right? So there is one thing I will say, and anytime a racist comment comes onto my feed, which is rare, but it does happen, I don't give it any space. I just delete it and ignore it. It doesn't exist. 
But if there's any other kind of hate, oh, you're 46, or what do you think you're good, or stuff like that, I don't necessarily address it, but I may not delete it. But what I tell my kids and what I teach my kids is to be very confident in yourself. Like, I think skateboarding has given them a lot of confidence so that these things are not really an issue. So I don't, you know, and maybe it's because I'm in my 40s now. I think I would have cared in my 20s and 30s if I had started younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I just don't care. I like. <laughs> I, like I'm out there skating in my sari and I feel like a freaking superhero, you know? And does anything um, else matter, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. And I'm with my kids and enjoy. And they see that too. They see how joyful I am. They see how confident I am. They see how happy it makes me and that these other things don't really matter. Yeah. And I, and I think that they're also confident. I think it's going to get hard. You know, my daughter's in middle school now. I still have trauma from middle school. Right? <laughs> we all do. Right? I think we all do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I went to a back to school night and it was, you know, I was sitting in grade seven classroom and I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to be here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so we've all been there. But, you know, I don't know what her journey is going to be like. Um, and I hope that she keeps the lines of communication open. And so that if she ever has something like this, that that is a problem for her that we can talk about it and work through it, right? If it is something that bothers her. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, I mean, especially even through doing the skating together, you guys have opened such a great line of communication. So I think also for parents listening, that's a really important thing is to to just teach your kids that you are available to communicate, whether it's doing something with them so they know you're there and you're in it and you get it, or just being available, not telling them what to do all the time. I mean, we have to do that, but like also <laughs> listening and inviting them into like sharing things with you, even like listen to the stupid mundane things, right? Because if they know they can tell you the stupid mundane things that you don't care about, they'll probably tell you the more important things too. So I think that's a, a really important point that you've made with how well you have connected with your kids. I think that's just a beautiful thing for all of us moms and parents to follow along, follow suit in. <laughs> yeah. And I think the long-term goal here is to be a mentor for your child. You mm-hmm. know, your child is going to turn 18 and become an adult and they're going to be an adult for a lot longer than they were a child. Right. And I, you know, I appreciate so much how much my father mentored me. He parented me. Yes. But he also mentored me and he treated me like an adult with respect Mm-hmm. Once I got to be older, right? And I want to be able to have that relationship with my kids too, but because I think that's an important transition. I don't want to mess things up now and then not have my kids be able to come to me later. Right. right. Such a fine line. Parenting is a learn on the job kind of gig, right? It's <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you said that because um, I tried something. Uh, so my daughter brought home a bee in something. And I tried something, I, you know, I said, oh, do you think maybe you could try an A next time? Or, you know, <laughs> do you think you could do better? Some, something I, I, I think I said it wasn't that harsh, but I tried something out and she came back to me later. Thank God she came back to me later. And she's like, you know, Mama. Um, so she doesn't like pressure. She does well on her own. If you mm-hmm. pressure her, she rejects it. So she mm-hmm. rejected it. And she said, I didn't like what you said. I didn't like that you were pressuring me to try and get an A. I did my best. Right. And okay. So she told me and I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. And I apologize. I was like, there, I messed up. I was like, I tried something, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oopsie. (laughs) So instead of it turning into some trauma that she then has to talk about with a therapist in 20 years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like lifelong trauma, she mentioned it to me. And I said, you know what? I messed up. 
I don't want her to think that I'm without, you know, without mistakes. I make mistakes. Right. right. And she, you know what she said? She was like, okay, I accept your apology. Mm-hmm. And it was the end. But, you know, she knows I'm trying things out. <laughs> right. I'm learning on you, child. <laughs> <laughs> you're the, you're price. <laughs> right. Well, and see, we had, we had that too, where, cause my kids make pretty good grades, but every once in a while they'll bring home something low. And I'm like, oh, what happened? Yeah. They're like, I thought you said grades didn't matter. I'm like, well, <laughs> They don't, but you also need to make sure you're giving your best and you're not just blowing it off. So like, what's our balance here? You know, so it's like, okay, what I say can definitely come back to backfire on me and blow up in my face. So um, it's such a learning curve for everyone. And as your kids get older and sassier and smarter, oh yeah, yes, they, uh, they can walk all over you. So you got to be careful navigating that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Do they take notes? Do they have like a notebook in the back there somewhere where they're just, they're just young and their brains work better. Yes. January of 2012, she said, yes, I can't. Yeah. Right. Well, or they translate a maybe into, yes, definitely. We are doing this in five minutes. (laughs) I said maybe and we'll talk about it. Not that. that Yeah. 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 (laughs) I think, I think instead of maybe, and we'll talk about it. I I've been trying this lately where I just say no, because if it's a, maybe I'll talk about it. That translates to a yes. Right. Say no. And then I'll ask about it later. And then you could reverse course and it's this awesome surprise, right? I like that. I like that. Try it. Good. Go. Well, I had one of my kids the other day because what my littlest one is learning time, and she goes, she asked one of her big sisters. I don't even remember which one it was. She goes, "How long is a minute?" And and she, the big sister goes, "Well, to adults, it's like four hours." <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness! So I know that was totally on me. Going, oh, just a minute, and then I get to something way later. I'm like, oh man, they're totally calling me out without me even being there. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh, oh it's tough. God. It's a tough. I, I'm sorry. As a TikToker, I feel like that's that's content. That's beautiful content right there. You have to turn that into a reel or something. All right, all right. I'll work on it. Maybe you can help me with my content. That would for be great. sure. For sure. Well, mm-hmm. Auntie Skates, Orby, like, how do we like continue to be inspired by you? Follow you online. Get involved in your retreats. Everything that's coming up. Where do we find you? What's our best place? Yeah, so you can find me on TikTok at Auntie Skates, A-U-N-T-Y Skates, S-K-A-T-E-S. Or you can go to my website, AuntieSkates.com or Instagram. So I think everywhere you can find me at Auntie Skates, you know, shoot me an email, send me a message. I love hearing from people all over the world. It's such a nice community. So please get in touch. And the retreats are going to start next year. So they're going to be someplace warm. Awesome. Well, I'm in Houston, so you can come down here. That would be a great place for you to start. It's really hot. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Orvi, thank you so much for coming on today and being the ultimate hype auntie for all of us. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Laura. I really appreciated this. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. This allows us to keep bringing on amazing guests, and it also helps other athletes to find this show. Make sure to check out the show notes to follow us on social media and learn more about our awesome guest. To hear all of our amazing episodes, head on over to thepursuitofgold.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Pursuit of Gold is proud to be a Podigy production. That's all for now. Make sure to tune back in next week. 